Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Farmers Insurance Open. It's storylines, it's best bets, it's one and done. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, good morning. Good morning to you, Rick. Yep, I'm pumped for this week first because... I'm off on Sunday. That typically does not happen during the PGA Tour season. So petition for more Wednesday to Saturday events for me personally so I can indulge in, you know, maybe a Sunday fun day every now and then. Yeah, what will you do on this very special Sunday that's coming up? The weather's turning in Charleston. It's going back to 70 degrees. So, you know, maybe a couple beers on the water, something nice and relaxing, you know? Very, very good. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Then we'll, I, don't, I won't know what to do with my hands on Sunday, right? I'm like, <laughs> now what? Uh, has has this week of crammed content? Are you have you have you been able to get everything figured out? With the quick turnarounds? Yeah, I haven't really taken a breath. Uh, and then you know we we'll talk about it later on. But with the live news that came out and everything, so it's kind of just been go go go. Uh, and you know tomorrow, hopefully, we'll kind of settle down a little bit with the start of the tournament. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about that live news because the live schedule has indeed been released and we knew it was going to be 14 events. We were kind of just trying to figure out locations and courses and dates. They're going to start February 24th at El Chameleon. That's a course uh, we should be familiar with in Mayakoba. And it's going to end in Saudi Arabia in November. Your initial reactions to this schedule release. Uh, my initial one is it's going to be a very tight spring for these guys. If you look from mid-March kind of in Tucson there in Arizona through the end of May at Trump National D.C., uh, they're playing six times. And then you have the Masters in there as well, the PGA Championship in there as well. And they're also going to Singapore in Australia going to Oklahoma, which is kind of just a, a crazy travel schedule. Uh, but some of these guys, like a Brooks Kepka, Cameron Smith, uh, they're going to have to play eight times during that stretch. And, and that's awfully a lot. That's you know more than half their season, pretty much. So my initial reaction was spring's going to be tight for them. And then you kind of see it lighten it up uh, with the London in July, only one in August at the Greenbrier, uh, where Yako won a few years ago as well. So uh, that's my initial one. And then the second one is the team championship. You have this new TV deal with the CW. Right. You, you could you could do the team championship in Miami. I'm not sure if the SEO, that's what they're mad about. When you Google live Miami, it'd be the nightclub and not necessarily their team event. Tough. If, if they got upset about that, but uh <laughs> I'm not sure of the time difference. What, like it might be at 4 a.m. on the CW on the East Coast now or something like that? Yeah, so that that's what that's my understanding as well, is that the team championship will run. The only place you'll be able to see it is the CW at 4 a.m. on the East Coast, which is obviously not ideal. There's a couple of, a couple of other things here. So let's start with um, 
the okay well let's do the cw stuff it is i know we've talked about the cw thing but it is jarring to me that they're gonna have 14 events which is 42 rounds that's it right and a third of them are only going to be able to be streamed from the app and not even watched on this new shiny cable deal they have (laughs) and not only that i mean australia that's 12 hours difference i want to say that's and then singapore as well so some of these events with the timing you got europe in there as well it's (laughs) you're not even getting good tv windows (laughs) there yeah this this is a graphic sean zock put this together on if you're watching on youtube it's a graphic that we're showing from from sean's twitter account this is kind of the other problem when we talked a little bit about this at the end of last year they don't have the luxury of just scheduling whatever they want, right? For any date, any week, and not caring what's going on around it. Liv has to obviously schedule around major championships, which you know the PGA Tour does as well. But they also are scheduling around bigger PGA Tour events. So this graphic that Sean has, it shows you what week of the year it is and what PGA Tour event that Liv is going to go up to. And strategically, as we kind of know, Liv wants to go up against the weakest PGA Tour event. So they're going up against Honda and Valspar and Valero and the Zurich and the Mexico Open and so on and so forth, which is probably a good strategy. But it creates the situation that you're talking about where – like you don't have the luxury to have a great schedule release because you're kind of trying to jam everything into one spot and you have to take cues from everybody else. Yeah, it, they're really their hands are tied. There's nothing else they could really do because if if you go against a Genesis Invitational for like say that's your first week uh, of the schedule, you're going to get absolutely crushed more than you already are. So you got to go with the Honda Vows Bar, like the Flora Swing. I don't want to say got ruined by the new schedule, but it certainly didn't help. And the Honda Classics kind of been on the bad end of the stick here for a couple of years now with all the new events and the changing of the schedule. So yeah, you're, you're definitely right. Uh, they can't really do much and you, you see it towards the end. They kind of just were like, I guess we got to go up against the St. Jude championship, the first event of the FedEx cup playoffs. And that certainly was not their first choice. And uh, I, I, it's just not going to end well for them. I don't think. No, I don't. I don't think it's going to either. The other thing is there are six international events. I think if you would have asked me a year ago or six months ago, I would have been like, wow, there's there's probably going to be a majority of international events, right? I think what a lot of Liv has done is, and again, strategically, I think it is smart to go for a more global audience right you're signing guys under the under the impression hey we're going to go to australia we're going to go to mexico we're going to go to spain we're going to go to these places that have been underserved by the pga tour by the world of golf we have all these international players their their roster skews heavily uh international only six international events so eight in the united states for what i think would be better suited to be like uh, an international circuit not not only that, I, I agree with you. We, we've talked about that a bunch, but you're going to Oklahoma, West Virginia. Yeah. Why aren't you going to like all the major cities that the PGA Tour isn't traveling to, like in New York? And, you know, I like the Chicago, but that's an hour outside the city. It's not in Washington, D.C. It's in Sterling, Virginia, Trump National. Um, and, and so I, I just 
I wish they would have kind of looked at the PGA Tour schedule more and been like, all right, these are the areas that the PGA Tour doesn't travel to. And I saw like replies on Twitter about like the uh, Pacific Northwest. You know, they had an event there in Portland. Uh, and a lot of people were actually like, why aren't you coming to the, you know, PNW? I guess that's what they call it. That's, that lingo. is what they call it. Yeah. Little, little inside scoop for you there, Rick. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think they missed the ball, you know, not only internationally, like you said, but also here in the United States a little bit. Yeah. Do any of these golf courses um, move the knee? I mean, there are a couple of familiar ones. So if you've been watching the PGA Tour, you you've seen El Chameleon. If you've watched the PGA Tour in the last handful of years, you've seen uh, the old white course. That's the Greenbrier event where Phil would be falconing or whatever he's he's doing over there. Um, any of these courses move the needle for you? Uh, Valderrama's cool get just because you're going to see it's very quirky and you're going to see someone like a Patrick Reed play there and probably get a little upset every now and then. <laughs> uh, but that's a, a fun course on the DP world tour that, that they're able to get. Uh, and then I, I played Trump DC a bunch. They held the 2018 senior PGA a few years back. Um, it, it's a decent course, uh, you know, good views right on the Potomac river. So it'll be cool. Just, I know a bunch of people who, who are out there as well. But that's that's really it. February 24th. That is going to be the start of live, which as we are live right now, that's exactly a month away. I I will find the very first couple of events interesting, Patrick, right? Because what we saw last year was there was a basically a tapered viewership where people tuned in early, even without their full roster, tuned in early to see what was going on. And then Basically, the viewership trickled off and got lower each and every event. The new season uh, probably does not have the luxury of getting the novelty effect, that bump at the top. So they're going to just have to be a better product. Now, we won't have access to viewership numbers this time around, right? Because it's not going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on the CW app and the CW. And I'm sure we will be told they were great. Viewership numbers were awesome, the best ever. But like this really does feel like we're a month out from learning a lot about how much people care about this. Yeah. And between now and then, you got to imagine they got to make some sort of announcements with some new players. I I don't know if Mito Pereira is going to move the needle or if they have other people in the pipeline, if they're going to kind of have to trickle these guys out maybe week by week before – this uh, the start of the season and then before the second event as well. So uh, th- you're right. The novelty is gone. The shiny new thing is no longer new or shiny, and they got to figure out something else to drive people to their product. Um, because as it stands, it seems pretty much complete, right? There, there's nothing else. They got the TV deal. They got the big names they wanted. The second schedule's out. Uh, so I, I'm not totally sure what they're going to do to kind of evolve. I don't know if that's the right word, but to make it different from the first year where there there were some kind of shortcomings, I think. You know what they should have done, Patrick? And what I would tune in for would be if if this weekend, if this Sunday, well, maybe not Sunday, that would probably be pretty stupid. But like next weekend, 
going up against Pebble with no NFL on, you know what I would have done? A draft and have these teams completely redrafted and have it televised and live and analysis and yada, yada, yada. That would get me excited. Uh, Rick, you're you're preaching to the choir here. You know, get get some alcohol flowing. Get DJ, you know, saying some crazy stuff. Phil in there, too. You're, you're absolutely right, but they're probably not going to do that. <sighs> the, 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 I, I tweeted this out, but like there were a couple of things that I genuinely thought were going to be cool. Everything else aside, like just there's a million things I hate about live, but there were a couple of things that I thought were going to be cool, like watching it on YouTube, the draft, the team aspect. I think they've all been horribly mismanaged. So it's it's like, I don't know, man, it's a tough scene. Liv had an opportunity. I wanted to get in my Shams era, you know, uh, the NBA guy, yeah. Shams, whatever, and break news. Peter Uline out from the four aces. Uh, that could have been you. To- yeah. And they just ruined it. They ruined it for all the aspiring journalists. <laughs> oh, boy. Also, I, I can't even keep up with um, who's there and who's not there in terms of like the executives. It seems like every week someone from the leadership is leaving uh, to use a quote from you last week rats don't jump on sinking ships or something i can't remember what exactly it was but it seems like every day someone from their from their leadership is gone yeah so i went back and looked at it it's rats jump off sinking ships uh which makes sense and in this context it absolutely does uh yeah the the sports illustrated article that came out uh on monday saying that Greg's got more responsibility heading into year two. It's certainly a head-scratching decision, considering it seemed like every time Greg Norman got in front of a mic, it was like, ooh, ooh, like we're really saying that right now? Like this is the direction we want to go with? Uh, But I guess when you don't have too many other options – you got to go with what you got. They've also just dug their heels in the st- sand on this, and I know it. it you, you should. It shouldn't matter when Rory McIlroy or guys from the PGA Tour says Greg has to go for there for there to be any type of compromise. Like that, Liv should not care about that. But when that's part of a bigger picture, where Greg Norman's seemingly mismanaging this every single step of the way, that you think you would use that as an opportunity to get a more highly respected. Uh, who was it? Wasn't Mark King being floated for this for a long time, which a, a, a lot of guys would have liked former exec at Taylor made and Taco Bell. Like a lot of guys would have liked that and would have probably been a path to some conversation between multiple tours. So they just said, nah, we don't even care about that part. We'll just, we'll just dig our heels in on Greg. I, I think it's odd where there are definitely at least a handful, let's say, you know, three players in there who, don't like the direction Greg's going, but they're recruited by their peers or whatever. At what point is there kind of an inside rebellion, so to speak, where the live players themselves are like, hey, we need to get Greg out of here? Because I, I think that's totally plausible down down the road. A coup, a live yeah. coup. <laughs> okay, we'll keep our eye out for that. Tory Pines this week. So this feels... Patrick, a little bit like a one of the milestones in the season. So if you're like a casual golf fan, there's like four milestones for when the season starts. It's the start of the season that happened in September. It's Maui for the Tournament of Champions. That was obviously a couple of weeks ago. And then it's this event here where, okay, we're on the West Coast. You know, the American Express is a weird 
three-course rotation. This is a place that holds major championships. You're going to get a really strong field. It's not going to be a hit and giggle. You're going to have to have you know complete control of your game, especially around the south course. This feels like where a lot of people look at it and say, NFL's winding down. I'm gearing up for the PGA. And it's back on CBS, baby. Oh, that- yeah. We've, we've cut all the promos for that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you got, um, what are they called on the cliffs of La Jolla? The people. The bluffs? With, oh, the, the hang the gliders. Fl- hang gliders. Yes, that's it. And the marine layer, I believe it's called. Yes, the marine layer. That will be tricky every morning. Yeah, you got to wait for that to burn off before you can hit your golf ball. Okay. Okay. It's not, I think Fred's the one in San Fran, if I'm not mistaken. This is a different one. We can name it later. But like you said, it's definitely the start of the PGA Tour season. Obviously, Tiger Woods had a lot to do with that, with his right. domination here at this tournament at Torrey Pines in general. But got five out of the top 10 players in the world. John Rahm, obviously, Xander Shoffley, Max Homa, Tony Finau, Zalatoris. So it's a really good top-heavy field, I think. Last year, I th- had a bit more depth. You had guys kind of a bit below. You know, Taylor Gooch, Joaquin Neiman, Sam Burns all played. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was a really, it's a really good tournament. It's a fun watch. There's some good drama down the stretch. 18, I think, is a fun finishing hole uh, for few, for viewers to watch. And yeah, it is really a lot of people think of it as the start of the PGA Tour season. I heard someone say it's the start of the California swing. I'm like, damn, we're going to do the American Express like that. That's real dirty, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially because then that makes the California swing only two events then, right? <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> then it's Phoenix after uh, after Pebble Beach, so mm-hmm. and then back to Rim. So uh, tough. Okay, the golf course itself. Um, one of the few Muni courses that we have on the PGA. You can go play this, right? You might have to wake up at five a.m. and stand in the parking lot if you're not a San Diego uh, County resident. But you can go play this golf course. You can go try to hit the Tiger putt, right? You can go do all that fun stuff, and you are on a piece of property that is just like if they had a landfill there, Patrick, I'd be like, wow, we should go sit at that landfill. And just because it's so beautiful, like it's, (laughs) it's that good. So I think it just creates a lot of warm and fuzzy vibes for everybody. Yeah. And it's, you know, winter time in the United States and they're out there in San Diego and 70 ish degree weather. Uh, So yeah, weirdly enough. So I went to, I went to Virginia tech, which is, in Virginia, which is smart, not much of a geography directional guy, but on the complete opposite coast of California and San Diego. And I know about like 25 to 30 people who moved out to San Diego. It's so good. It's unbelievable. It's um, so good. I, I know there's a big Navy presence there and defense contracting. Yada, yada. I won't get into that much, but man, I wanted to move there. And then I was like, too many people moved here. That's why deal. my sister moved there. And then that's why I moved to Orange County. Cause I was like, on the, I was like, well, I should move to California. This is unbelievable. Uh, it, yeah. San Diego's San Diego's pretty top notch. John Rahm also feels that San Diego is pretty top notch uh, because he loves himself some Tory. Obviously, his first PGA Tour victory coming at the Farms of Shirts Open. Obviously, won the 2021 US Open at this golf course. I'm pretty sure he proposed to Kelly here, right? Right? In the area, correct. In the area. And oh, by the way, just happens to have won each of his last two PGA Tour starts, four of his last six worldwide. The timing could not be better for John Rahm to come to La Jolla and start smacking some guys around. It's, 
I've I've had a couple nicknames for him on on the back burner. You could call him Amazon. He's bad for mom and pop shops like us. <laughs> Um, you know, who are betting on golf every week. He's just taking us out of business. Yeah, it's hard. And in my adult life, I've only seen one other guy go on this type of run. It's Pete Davidson. Just <laughs> just rattling him off. You don't really know how he's doing it, but every week, W. W. Yeah, you look at you look at Pete and you look at John and you're like, they don't look so special. Right? I could do that could be me. Exactly. And you see John Rahm missing a ton of putts, like getting really frustrated on the greens. You're like, okay, I, I understand that. And then he's courtside with uh, Emily Ratajkowski at the Lakers game. And you're like, I can't do that. It's like, and John Rahm's winning two tournaments in a row. I can't do that. But Dub it, after it, dub after dub. It, and like Matt Vice said, Pete did have a legendary run. He's still going. I was going to say, is he done? That run. I, I think he broke it off with Emily. Um, and he's on to someone new. I went through like people magazine the other day to check hey. it out. <laughs> Had to do my, my research. You got to keep uh, us, you got to keep us in the know. I get it all f- through my wife is where I but, get it all. But I will say this. I believe John Rom is approaching his Kim K era. It's, ha- it's going to, and it might come at Augusta. Let's be real. Oh man. That would be nice. That Dangerous. would be nice. Um, there was okay. This is a very this is a sidebar, but I and this is years old. Remember when Rory and Caroline Wozniacki Wozniacki broke off their engagement? I do. Okay, and then Rory was like dominant after that. Mm-hmm. There was a tweet. This is like what seven years ago. This is so long ago that this tweet lives rent free in my brain. It said, "Rory broke it off with Caroline so he could make love to every golf course in the world." <laughs> And I just think about that. I think about that weekly. And this happened like a decade ago. That's that is ridiculous. <laughs> I think she dated JJ Watt after. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Shout I out to Caroline. That. Yeah. What's she up to these days? Um, she, doesn't still play, she doesn't still play tennis, does she? No. I don't think so. Um, looking at the field, you mentioned it. We've got. A ton of top guys. Uh, we're missing Cantlay. We're missing Roars, believe it or not. We're missing mm-hmm. Tom Kim, not playing this week. Other than that, pretty stout. Xander, you know, back in San Diego. Finau's had a crack at winning this. Jason Day has been great here. He's playing well again. I mean, there are some really strong options if you're out there walking around this week. And a lot of these guys played well at this tournament last was jason day the 54 hole leader at this tournament i don't remember that but i remember on uh i guess would have been saturday the final round he hold out for eagle on 14 Mm -hmm. i was like 10 feet away from it and that like i think it tied him for the lead Mm -hmm. on sunday or on saturday and i was like holy crap jay day is gonna snatch this thing up so i don't know if he was the 54 hole leader but he was definitely in it late yeah, so was Justin Rose, I want to say, and Justin Thomas, I believe, was a halfway point leader. He blitzed uh, the North Course. I think he shot like nine under on it, something like that. And that sounds about. He, right. he has he fell over the weekend two over par rounds on the South Course, but I think a lot of people forget like how how crazy that 2021 U.S. Open was with the amount of people who were in it on the back nine. Justin Thomas entered the back nine 
tied for the lead. And then he blew one OB, I think, into a parking lot or something on 10. I've done that. <laughs> and then we haven't even talked about Colin Morikawa. He was right there, too. And he kind of, you know, as he does from time to time, forgot how to putt. Uh, Louis, but, Louis, Louis found it. Louis hit one in the only place you can't hit one on 16 or 17. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. Do, and Bryson and Bryson shot like a 43 on the back. Right. On yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. The, the What's the second par five or. I don't know. Uh, on the, the back one that, that goes, goes way down downhill, and then uh, it's like thirteen. So yeah, it, so it's ten, eleven. Tw- uh, it's like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, he, I think he like made a triple or something on that. Mackenzie Hughes hit a ball into a tree on the par three. Yeah. Oh, that's um, right. So Make all these guys, all these guys are back, and uh, I'm excited for it just because I know the architecture nerds. Yeah, I'm going to call them nerds out there. Weren't really fond of Torrey Pines being a U.S. Open venue, but it produced fantastic theater. And it typically does year after year because it's such a good test. And when that happens, the best player typically tends to win. They and, they asked Bryson what happened on the back nine, and he was like, just luck or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, that's amazing. I'm going to use that line for any time my wife asked me anything. Like, why didn't you take the trash out last night? Just Just luck. Right. Like no, no further comments necessary. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be top 10 guy on the odds board that wins this week is my bet. All right. Well, let's actually find out what your bets are. We'll do our best bets. We'll do our one and done. Also, there is some more one and done drama that you are going to want to stay tuned for. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Let's do the bets. Just you and I here, Patrick. I don't have so so for those who haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, we're doing this very early on Tuesday morning. Uh, we I'm producing the show myself, so I don't have some graphics. So I'm just gonna have to call everything out here. So this is where we take our hundred bucks over to Caesars. We put fifty on a matchup, thirty on any finishing position we want, and then ten dollars each on two separate outrights. Let's flip it, Patrick. Let's start with the outrights. We have Ooh. opted generally. Uh, both of us to stay towards the top end of the betting board. We think an elite player or a top end player is going to win this golf tournament. I, you said it. You said I couldn't say it, say it better myself. And I don't have many rules in life. You know, don't eat yellow snow. Yep. Don't skimp on tires. Buy good tires. You know, spend a little money on that. Nice. Bet Max Homa in the state of California. <laughs> Just do it. Don't ask questions. A, a winner in LA, twice in Napa Valley. San Diego is next. You know, really subtle third place finish there at the TOC. Uh, just, you know, top 10 in this field and Tita Green approach in scrambling. That's kind of where he fell short last year. The scrambling's back. He's way and better it's, now. It's really good. Uh, and he must have cut last year, but before that, a T18, T9, two prior starts here. And He's an elite player. Whether he wants to admit it or not, Max Homa is among the game's elite. And I think at twenty-two to one, that is a pretty decent price. Uh, but well, I'm well, sorry. Well, well rounded is Max Homa. Much improved around the greens. Which that there's kind of a couple ways you can do this. You, you got to have a decent short game. Now, if you're Patrick Reed and you have an elite short game, that's what wins you this golf tournament a couple of years ago, right? Or or you're John Rahm and you drive it long and straight off the tee and all that stuff. So Max Homa has kind of a couple of different paths uh, taken care of here. You'll hear his name on my board in a bit. He's 22 to 1 over at Caesars. 
And my other outright is I am definitely afraid of John Rahm. So I'm going to Dubai with Thomas Peters. Okay. 35 I was legit to one. like Thomas Peters is not in this field. I saw that in the outline. I'm like, Thomas Peters is not in the field. And I was like, double check. I was like, am I an idiot or is Patrick an idiot? And it's Patrick's off the rocker. The answer is neither because you've actually picked him at 35 to one just for a different golf tournament. Exactly. And Rory's like, I think like a three to one favorite out there. Cause I mean, at that uh, golf course, all you really have to do is hit it really long and putt very well. That's where Victor won last year. Rory blew it in, blew it into the water uh, on 18, the par five. He beat Vic beat I think Richard Bland in Richard a Bland in a playoff. Damn. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. It, it was Bland. a it was a shame Victor had to do that to the old guy, but hey, you gotta do it. Yeah. It's a new era. Come on, get these yeah. boomers out of here. Uh and so Thomas Peters missed a cut last week in his title defense in Abu Dhabi, but he's putting the ball very well lately. Um, and so I, I like the number at 35 to one. We know what he can do from T to green. And I am definitely afraid of John Ron this week. So. I appreciate you scouring the full book. That's what I not, do. Yeah. Not even just for this event. So Rory McIlroy three and a half to one in Dubai, Terrell Hatton, 11 to one, Shane Lowry, 16, Tommy fleets and Minwoo Lee, my guy, 18 to one, uh, Robert McIntyre, 22 to one, Thomas Peters. 35 to one. So those are two outrights, one for each golf tournament going on this week for Patrick. I you just opted. <laughs> yeah, you might do You should parlay them. I, <laughs> I went with just like two elite guys at the top, not named John Rom. So I'm just taking my chances here. I took more cow at 18 to one JT at 14 to one. Uh, JT hasn't been great recently, but like the long-term stuff, can't deny it. Should be a pretty good setup for him. Very underrated short game. Um, don't mind him on Poana. And and same with Morikawa. He's a great Poa putter. And he's going to have to do it a little bit differently, Patrick. He's not nearly as long as everybody else. He's going to have to play out of the fairway. But the good news for him is that he does at a rate much higher than everybody else. We've seen him play well at Torrey Pines. So I'm just trying to take two big boppers with a lot of win equity at the top of the board. I love it. I love it. Top 20s for both of us. You have opted to go deep down the board, which I appreciate because I did this last week with JT Post in top 10. He was also six to one. And wouldn't you know, cash him up. I I think what? I I think we both hit our top. I don't hit many bets on this show, but I. I, Yeah, you weren't here on Sunday night. We did great. We did great last week. Gosh. I mean, we did so good. Kyle didn't even want to do the show with us anymore. Couldn't even show his face. Uh, So let's let's back it up with a couple more winners. Your top, your finishing position is a top twenty at six to one. Who is it? Yeah. So um, imagine if I told you there's a guy in this field who has gained strokes off the tee in every start since May. He nearly won this tournament in his debut. That debut might have came twenty years over a decade ago, (laughs) but. These are all facts, and it's how you frame them. That's true. Jonathan Vegas, yeah, six to one, top twenty. Approach seven out of his last ten. He's gained. He gained nearly three strokes in his one round at the Stadium Course last week. Uh, big hitter. You're going to need that this week. Great with the irons. The rest of the game, not fantastic, but just a top twenty at six to one. Uh, he has he was dealing with a little bit of injury last he had season. shoulder surgery. Yeah. So that's kind of why the numbers are skewed, but 
I probably shouldn't have said that part. <laughs> uh, my, my whole job is just looking at the stats and then skewing them in the direction that I want I want things to go in. So six to one. Six Johnny to one. Vegas. Top 20. Johnny Vegas. Uh, so so he missed. So he played in Memphis. He was kind of dealing with the shoulder thing for a lot last year. He ended up having surgery on it in the fall, played the American Express, uh, missed the cut. But as Patrick noted, the, the only round of, of shot like data that we have on him was 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 great. And he's played at Torrey Pines a ton. So uh, Johnny Vegas back in action. At least he should be well rested. Exactly. And it's a it's a very um, I don't know if it's a Rick. I believe you tweeted this. It's a big property. Huge. So got to have your energy levels up. And Johnny Huge. Vegas does. Bring your walking shoes. Um, I went with Taylor Pendrith, top 20, plus 220. Last week was not a good spot for him. We knew that. I think we might have talked about it on the show. Not a good spot for him. This week, much better. Go mm-hmm. bomb it off the tee. If you have distance off the tee, you make Torrey Pines a lot easier. It's not going to be easy, but you have uh, a much wider path to the top. I'm a believer in this guy. Speak. He also missed time last year at the broken rib, but... I'm a believer, so I'm going back to Taylor Pendrith plus uh, 220 to finish inside the top 10. Our matchup wagers. Uh, mine's pretty far down the board. It's just Scott Stallings over Harris English. I'm officially worried. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, no. They're, my apartment's, I don't know if it's like under attack or what, but there's dogs barking, garage, or garbage men outside. Just they're, in your, outside. they're in your study right now? <laughs> outside, outside. Mm. It. Yeah, it's heathens. <laughs> Unbelievable. How dare people live? <laughs> Scott Stallings over Harris English. I was pretty optimistic about Harris English coming back from injury for a long time. I'm not sure as I'm, I'm as optimistic as I used to be. Scott Stallings won this event at one point. Chubby, Chubby Scott Stallings was a different animal. Um, and we've seen it with a bunch of players, actually. Gary Woodland. Lost a lot of weight. Keegan Bradley's current currently doing it right now. And it, they've kind of, I don't want to say lost their swing, but they've had to reinvent themselves. And Scott Stallings is all about, uh, you know, fitness and weight loss. I think it's like Noble is the company he works with a lot. That's all about that as well. Stop eating your vegetables, people. Yeah. Come on. Like, did you guys see John Daly? Two-time major champion. You seen John like, Rom? You think John Rom eats vegetables? Yeah. John Rom. I mean, he... I was just stopped there. I was probably going to say something inappropriate. <laughs> it's all out of love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so eat I, more I, carbs. Eat more carbs. Scott Stallings over Harris English for me. You've gone further towards the top of the board for your matchup. Who is it? Yeah, so I'm picking on this guy solely because I saw his dad tweeting a bunch this week. Uh, and it's Maverick McNeely. I like Justin Thomas, minus 140 over him. Like you said, long-term JT is fantastic. The short game's ridiculous honestly right now uh in minus 140 over maverick mcneely who really struggles from t to green uh yes he's probably the best putter on these surfaces in this tournament but i saw his dad tweet he's been like tweeting nonstop at golf digest about like random things like one was they tweeted out like the president's handicaps and he was like no way this is true <laughs> like type of deal <laughs> like Does that guy have anything better to do or is he retired at this point I don't know. Like, aren't you running a multi-million dollar company? Multi-billion dollar company, isn't it? I mean, isn't he worth like $4 billion tweeting yeah. at Golf Digest about their <laughs> presidential handicaps? So I saw that and I was like, someone needs to put him in his place. I'll be the guy. And it's going to be Justin Thomas who does it for me at minus 140 over Matt McNeely. You know what the other interesting thing is? McNeely flies. 
he's like a pilot now or he's getting his pilot license and he's like flying himself to some of these events, which is kind of crazy. That's what um well, Arnie did that. And then also Morgan Hoffman, I believe, did that as well. Oh, interesting. OK, mm-hmm. well, I see I see McNeely doing all his pilot stuff. So I don't know if he I don't know if he flew himself to San Diego this week or not, but uh, it's pretty interesting. I guess if your name's Mav or Maverick, you should be should be in the air. Do you think that's what he was for Halloween? I hope not. That would be so corny. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But I feel like, I mean, let's be honest, 95% of PGA Tour players are pretty corny. Yeah. Would you? (laughs) Yes, they are. (laughs) A lot of them are very corny. Would Would you lose more respect for Maverick McNeely if he went as Halloween as a pilot or as a professional golfer? Ooh. I think as a professional golfer, you can't do that. You can't do do that. that. (laughs) You cannot do that. No. I mean, the only people who dress up as a professional golfer for Halloween are probably third graders. And it's your profession. So you could get away with like Top Gun pilot stuff at this age. Moneyball, this is where we take an extra 50 bucks. We're not very good at these. We're actually much, much better at the betting board than we are at the Moneyball. I think there's too much pressure on the Moneyball here. I went with Hideki, top Asian, four to one. I don't really trust him in a lot of other markets. I think it's very volatile, but the skill sets required for Tori are pretty much in line with what like Hideki's long-term stuff is. It's kind of similar to JT. Recent stuff, not great. Long-term stuff, much, much better. Um, he's on this board, you know, with he's behind Sungjae, he's behind Siwoo, and then there's a pretty big drop-off. So I'm just trying to find a market for Hideki, and I and I went here top Asian. I like that one. I like Hideki a lot. Obviously, we've discussed he's impossible to figure out, but 4-1 is pretty tasty. Yeah, it's him and, like, I mean, I don't want to count out SH Kim and, you know, Carl Yuan, but it's there's there's a lot of guys, but not a lot of them have a chance to win this. Yeah, I think Arjun Atwal might be the one you have to skirt past. 45 to 1. Benny on. Benny on. Kind of resurging here. He can drive it at least. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, You just went with the big boy. Yeah, I saw your price at 4 to 1. I was like, okay, I'm just going to pick John Rahm at 4.5 to 1. I I don't really think I have to say anything about this guy, but I I will. Um, And he missed a lot of putts on Sunday. The speed... He, it was great on the greens, but three putts really stuck out to me. It was number nine where Davis Thompson tied him momentarily with a 20 foot bomb. He comes back, hits an eight footer 14. That was the golf tournament right there. In my opinion, a lot of people look at 16, but 14 could have been a two shot swing. Davis Thompson missed John Rahm makes his par putt, And then obviously 16 all around eight feet. And during this stretch, he's been averaging almost a stroke and a half on the greens, which is ridiculous. It's like almost double Lucas Herbert last year who led the PJ tour in the category. And th- there's your stroke and a half right there. I know he lost strokes technically, but he gained a stroke and a half in those three putts. So you get him at Torrey Pines, best player in the world, arguably the hottest putter in the world, best driver in the world. It makes sense. Yeah. If you just want to have like a sweat on Saturday, just bet John Rahm right now. Just like, yeah, he's like, 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 his worst finish is like a T8 or something like that. We only have one final thing to do, and it's very critical to the show. And also, <laughs> we got somebody. We got somebody. He's been caught red-handed. And I'm not sure how this is going to end well for him. We'll talk about that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. 
and we're back. One and done. Oh boy. I don't have a graphic, Patrick, but I can tell you that one of the eight of us did not make a selection. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. We got him. Now watch this drive. <laughs> now watch this drive. <laughs> also, mission accomplished. Mission um, accomplished. <laughs> so I understand that it is a tight turnaround. You know, a Tuesday, 8 a.m. Eastern deadline. I I get it. I get it. However, a, a pick was not submitted for drum roll, please. <laughs> See you in a job. <laughs> Which I reminded him yesterday on the show, on the DFS show, that you got to get a pick in early. Didn't get his pick in. Also, this is probably good for everyone because he cannot mush anyone with no pick yeah so it's almost he kind of fell on the sword so the rest of us could thrive this week which is very admirable i mean see in general is a very admirable guy stand up cat uh and for him to do this i know it's not an in designated event but I think maybe it's a long play. Get some karma on his side. Uh, and I know this is my first year doing the one and done. What are you – know, maybe there, there's some new viewers out there. Does he just not get a pick? Does he get the bottom person on the odds board? How does it work? So good question. <laughs> I think he just gets no one. I think we give you – what? when did we give somebody like the worst guy on the board? Was it when – Already picked him when they already picked him. Yeah. When Kyle used John Rom for like the second and third times last year, mm-hmm. we gave him Sepp Straka or whoever was at the bottom. So, yeah, he is just going to catch. He's going to catch a zero this week. Dang. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if other people do as well. So Ooh. it might be a decent week for him to to miss out. It could have been a lot worse. Could have been a you know a good event, uh, something like that. But I think Sia will be okay. Well, I'll tell you what. From the other seven of us, there's only three selections. So if he gets lucky and gets a couple more missed cuts, he he could survive this. So from the bottom up, the fans, two hundred thirteen thousand, have opted for Jason Day. No surprise. There. Kyle M, 257,000, has gone as a lone wolf, the only lone wolf out here, besides Sia, who's lone wolfing no one, with Will Zalatoris. Pretty good guy to be a lone wolf on this week. Yeah, I'm surprised he's the only one there. I'm at 265,000. I took Max Homa. Sia, 338, obviously zero. Greg, 338. Jason Day. Patrick, you're in third, 379. You went with. Maximilian Homa as well. Let's go. You Let's do me. it. Uh, Kyle at 2.7 million has opted for Jason Day and Mark 2.74, who we knew six weeks ago was going to go with Jason Day, has gone with Jason Day. Yeah, uh, it's predictable. I mean, Mark at this point, Kyle at this point, they think they got a big lead. So they're playing kind of four corners here, spread the ball out, milking the clock. I got news for them. There is a lot of golf to be played. Uh, and Max Max Homa's winning this week, so yeah, we'll be season, right back. Season's just starting this week, so there's mm-hmm. plenty of golf to play. Uh, Patrick, thank you very much for waking up early with me on a Tuesday and knocking out this mega preview pod. 
Oh, of course. I mean, it's what, 5 a.m. your time? Only yes. 8 my time? That is correct. So you don't need to thank me at all, Rick. It was a pleasure, an honor, so to speak. We'll be back Saturday, Saturday night to recap the Farmers Insurance Open. Until then, follow Patrick on Twitter at Amateur Status. You can follow me at Rick Rungood. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. 